Your ears do not deceive you. You have just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. Hello and welcome to Comic Book Yeti's Cryptid Creator Corner podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jimmy Gasparro, and I have the pleasure today of speaking to a comic book writer. Um, you might know them from their Scout series, Midnight Western Theater. Uh, as well as Villain Seeking Hero, which I understand you can now read on Zest World. Um, I want to say that one of the first reviews I ever wrote for Comic Book Yeti when I started about two years ago was Midnight Western Theater number one. And um, I am very excited today to talk to and welcome to the podcast, Lewis Southerd. Lewis, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jimmy. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. We were talking off the mic like I've seen you everywhere in the comics community so it, it was finally nice to just talk to you in person so uh well not in person over the internet but this is as close to in person as we're gonna get still uh, yeah i mean it but it is nice it is nice to talk to you because like i said I, I reviewed midnight western theater i really enjoyed it um in preparing for this i went back and i read issues uh one to five um of midnight western theater you were kind enough to send over issues one and two of the new series of Midnight Western Theater, which is going to be coming out uh, this summer. And we're going to talk all about that. It's really, uh, anyone familiar with the series, it's kind of like a prequel to Hortensia's story. Um, and the first two issues are great. It's uh, somewhat of a new creative team. I think you still have Buddy lettering, which I'm kind of yeah. excited about because Buddy and I just finished along with Joe Kovacs, uh, uh, an eight-page story for an anthology. And I absolutely loved working with Buddy. So, I, love, uh, <laughs> I love Buddy. Buddy is my best friend in comics. I oh. have worked on everything with him since I met him, I think, in 2019. He is, he is the hardest-working letterer I know out there. And uh, I, I, he's, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't say enough good things about him. The uh, the, the 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 story we we just finished up. Uh, I was really excited to to get Buddy to work on it. Um, and I think the first thing I ever read of his was uh, Midnight West Midnight Western Theater number one. Uh, I think was how I was introduced to his work, and I really liked the lettering in that. So, well, we but, started. Well, this ties into what you were talking about. We started working together on Villain Seeking Hero back in 2019. That was the first gig we did because, as you mentioned, Villain Seeking Hero is now on Zest World. For all the Lulore lovers out there, uh, it did not start out on Zest World. It was originally uh, an Action Lab entertainment comic book. And for some people, that is like a red flag in and of itself when you say that. Um, but uh, yeah, no, no. Like right now, it's, it's, it's happily on Zest World. Uh, yes, I'm sure that there's like, like quite a history in terms of what I know about Action Lab. Um, you know, just from there was, you know, a story in, I think, Women Write About Comics, Comic Book Yeti had a story about what was going on with Action Lab. I believe at one point there was a, a class action lawsuit. I don't, I don't know if that's still ongoing, but at one point I, I had read that there was a class action against Action Lab. Mainly, it sounded like creators trying to get the rights back to certain things. And I certainly well, have heard from a few other folks about you know, trying to do that and, and what happened with Action Lab. But excitedly, you got the rights back and it's now on Zest World. 
Yes, it is. Uh, well, that's that's a fun story in and of itself. I, <laughs> I, I, getting the rights back was very difficult, but I did enough whining and enough complaining directly to the CEO. I don't think uh, in the year, I think it was 2021, I don't think I spent uh, a single day without emailing him for the right for the rights back but eventually he he conceded and i got that and i what is what year is it i forget uh 2023 yeah. yeah that's yeah that's it last it, year i teamed up with zest world to finally after so because because let's go back 2020 pandemic shut everything down the book uh, was supposed to come out in june um Action Lab shelved it indefinitely. It was just a small um, digital release, so it never got its time to shine. Uh, now, uh, 2022, um, Zest World picked me up. They picked up the book, and they have finally given me the chance to share this story with everyone. But I can imagine your listeners are going, "Well, what the heck is Zest World?" Uh, but uh, Zest World is a web comic platform similar to let's say comicsology or web comics i i would akin it more to web comics uh where there are some top tier talent producing as i as i imply web comics um and some of it is subscription based where you have to pay a certain fee and you get your issues and while others like my book villain seeking hero some creators put everything out for free to read so uh, if you just sit and wait for your chapters, they'll come to you. But other people, they uh, not only do they do subscriptions, but they do commissions. So we've got Joelle Jones there. Uh, she's hot artist. And, uh, you know, you want a commission from her, you could do that. I think they have Dave Marquez. Uh, they have Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor. So and me, the greatest comic book writer who ever lived. <laughs> so, you know, we're all, yeah. we're all there. We're all there. And uh, I am I'm very grateful to have that opportunity. Uh, and it, it's it was a long and storied way to get there, but I, I'm thankful for it uh, nonetheless. Yeah, and I mean, I've checked out a couple of things on Zest World, and um, I think I've you know hit like this subscribe button because you can subscribe. Well, my understanding, you can subscribe to some, and it's like. If if they're free, like you can get you know, like the newsletter, or they'll let you know when when new stuff hits. But yeah, I think David Marquez, um, I think Liana Kangas um, is on Zest World and has some stuff on there, and it it really seems like a very interesting platform, and um, it, it's just uh, amazing in terms of the the options that are available for folks to read comics um, and define the type of comics that you like. And Zest World just seems like another platform that some really top tier talent, uh, present company included, are headed yes. towards Zest World to get their books out. And it, it, with Villain Seeking Hero, and I'll let you talk about it because it, it's your your comic. But just to the listeners to just say that I really love the humor in it. In it. I mean, it is it is very funny. And uh, thank you. I, I, yeah, I mean, I I just, you know, the 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 concept of these villains kind of kind of teaming up and almost, I mean, I think the first issue, the the first couple that I've read, 
I think there's like 13 or some on Zest World. I, I've gotten through a couple of them where they seem to be like failing upward. But um, the thing I love about Villain Seeking Hero, I love the idea when we take, when someone takes concepts that we're all familiar with, like superheroes or time travel or w- whatever it might be, this like science fiction concept or superhero or fantasy concept and adds like a level of like bureaucracy almost. Like the idea that like, oh, there's these villains and they're not just out there doing their own thing. They they have a union and an organization and you got to train to be a henchman and you're going to get assigned to certain things. And that whole premise as it starts and kind of puts what is it the 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 frightening five together yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, i just i i love it i love your sense of humor i love it in the writing i mean i love the artwork and i, I want to hear about the creative team it's just it's so fun it's uh, just evocative of like almost silver age type of comics in terms of the look of some of the character design and it, it's just very funny and um it's just a really it's a really great concept i love it well, thank you. Uh, well, I'll give the I'll give the brief elevator pitch for the people who, <laughs> who have not checked it out yet. But uh, it's about a supervillain named Master Molecule who is in a downward spiral uh, of his career as a supervillain. Uh, so his boss uh, basically demotes him from being a solo villain to a team villain. He's the leader of a team called the Frightening Five. It consists of three people. And they are ba- he's basically team building the book where uh, you're just stuck with seemingly two idiots. And the book is, yeah, yeah it's very funny. I, I, I could say that I wrote it. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it is a romp and a half. It, is, it has, oh, it's got so many talented people working on it. Um, for artists, we have Ben Matsuya, who did uh, Jupiter Jet. Uh, there's Kyle Petrock, who is, he does a lot of, uh, I think now he does a lot of board game design and, and, um, Hasbro art for GI Joe and all. Oh, wow. Um, that's pretty cool. Uh, David Hahn, who is my frequent collaborator. Uh, he, he and I did, uh, Midnight Western Theater together. Um, and, and a handful of other guest artists and yeah, no, it's, it is, it is, it is a fun time. I think that when I was making that, when I was writing that, cause it's been a while since, uh, I've actually written an issue of it. Um, that was definitely my, my happy place. It's my happy book. Uh, but it, it, it does touch on bureaucracy. It does touch on the mund- mundanity of life and just ripping away the joie de vivre of any fantastical concept that you could, uh, come up with and just making it very, I'll, I'll put, I'll use the word human. It's just very, it's very just slice of life in its own, its own cracked mirror way. I think that's the best way I could put it. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a, a, a good way to put it. I mean, it kind of hits all of those um, notes. I feel like there's been different things that have tried to capture something similar to this. Um, there was, I think there was a show on like NBC called powerless about the people that worked like almost like, what were they like insurance adjusters or risk managers? Like I know around the superheroes, Danny Pudi from like community was in it, I think, but the high school musical girl was in it. I think. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. She was the main woman, uh, the character in it. I think, uh, I think that was because I know Alan Tudyk was in it. 
Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. Vanessa but, Hudgens, is that yes, who, yes. In it? Yeah. Um, but the, the, there, there, so have been there. There have been things like this that have kind of tried to, like, capture you know that idea. Now that was like workers, and they were human, and they were like kind of adjacent to it. This is more with with supervillains. But yeah, I just I really think you kind of like and and the creative team really kind of threaded the needle between being um because it's not silly right like there are silly things in it but it's it's not there there's there's layers to it it's not just all um uh like surface it, there there's like funny moments but like there's like kind of like a real like pathos to the, the master molecule. <laughs> I think uh, yeah. The more you with him, let's uh, with master molecule our protagonist. That's very much the the type of character where when you when you start reading it, you're like, okay, I get it. And then there there I remember every, anyone who's ever read it said there's one issue in particular where th- you just learn this whole other thing about him, and then it just kind of makes you look at the character in a different light. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 well, from that, I got that from what I like to see in media. I very much enjoy characters who come across one way, but maybe when they're alone or with the people they're comfortable with, they're completely different. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like, you know, uh, Mad Men, you have your Don Draper, then you have uh, Dick Whitman when no one else is around. He gets to be Dick Whitman. Right. So it's it's like it, I think that it's fun to create a character or characters with specific um, dichotomies or right. or roles they have to fill. And I, I mean, what better way to go after that than you know with superheroes where you you literally have to put on a mask and you have to be somebody else. Um, but that's very much like every character. I feel I'm very proud to say like every every character big or small has something going on. And, uh, I feel everyone has something that not everyone, but you know, people can relate to depending on your mileage in life. Uh, different people can see different, can see themselves in different characters, which is all I could hope for when, uh, when making a book. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, and the, the artwork's amazing. There's like a lot of fun action scenes. Like it really does have, you know, something for uh, like fans who are looking for a little bit more humor in the book, somebody who like wants an action superhero book. It has all of that, you know, as well. Um, a good and, long uh, line, a good long line I've heard for it recently was uh, Parks and Rec meets the boys. I think that's the. Yeah, that's, that's good. The, that's yeah. that. That's that's the vibe. That's the vibe. I agree with that. <laughs> Um, it, what do you think? Because I do think the book is is extraordinarily funny. Like, what what do you think informed your your sense of humor the most? Like, were there things like you really kind of latched onto? Um, did you have funny people in your family? Uh, no, no. I unfortunately I am the funniest person in my life. Uh, my my partner my partner is a close second. They can make okay. me laugh. They can make me laugh. But other than that, it's. Believe it or not, it's very it's very difficult to make me laugh. Uh, so that that yeah, I I just I just kind of look to my 
myself, I guess I'm my own biggest inspiration. Um, but you know, humble too, humble too. Yes, dude, you should see my my bios online. It literally says like creative genius of a generation. I've uh, I, I, you're not going to say it about yourself. Who will? You know, yeah, right. <laughs> Gotta let um, people know. Yeah, I nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, no, I was just curious. I mean, um you know, to see what, like, what influence, like, was there anything in particular, like, whether something in TV or books or other comics or things that kind of, like, influenced you, stand up, well, wh- whatever it might have been? Uh, I can't, I can't, I can't say, like, I, uh, well, I don't know. It's like, there, there's a scene in an issue, the next, the upcoming one, issue, there's 13, out issue 14, where you follow a, a secondary character, um, who is uh, you see him from a, as a child to um an adult and at some and he wants to be a supervillain and his greatest inspiration is master molecule and a part of him is is like okay he joins the villain organization as a henchman they start him out as a henchman and you know the idea is um you know they'll promote him along the way to be supervillain blah 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 uh, so like his first day there when he's a henchman, he's walking down the hallway and he sees Master Molecule um, getting on the elevator like and he's Master Molecule's just on the phone talking to someone about ordering Chinese food for later. And then the the kid is like, oh, man, there he is. I, he runs up to go talk to him. And before he, he can do it, uh, Master Molecule like rapidly c- pushes the closed door button. And then he's like, uh, you know, he misses out on meeting his hero. And then the. And then the guy, the master molecule in the elevator is like uh, uh, talking to the person on the phone being like, oh, oh, sorry, there's some weirdo trying to bother me. Like that to me is funny. That's that's <laughs> not that may not be funny to anyone else, but that's funny to me. Of Just uh, like like you're, you're, you're like from one perspective, like this guy has been living his whole life building up to the one moment. And then the other guy wants nothing to do with him. Like, uh, I, I don't know, but I, I may I may have a very. Very, I don't know. I, I, but, but if you don't like that, there's plenty of slapstick too. Like, like in issue three, there somebody blows up a, a giant shark man, and then it collapses onto one of our characters. That's that's good too. Uh, yes, yeah. Well, a very classic uh, for anyone that is a fan of Buster Keaton. A very classic uh, Buster Keaton style <laughs> gag where. Spirit King is standing in exactly the right spot. <laughs> Believe it or not, I, I can't take credit for that one. That one was uh, Ben Matsuya. He suggested that. Uh, so, so that's, yeah, that's that's him. That's that's he's, a great he's, one. He, he's the comedic genius behind it all. I'm a fraud. I'm a liar. You caught me. Now that now there's there is a lot in the writing um, because, I mean, some of the stuff, especially with Master Molecule, and I th- I think it might even, I think it might be the first. Or second issue where I think it's the second issue where they're I guess they're on the they're on a train or the subway and just Master Molecules talking to Spirit King and he's just like, I just met you and I think I hate you. And I just that just cracked me up. <laughs> well, uh, how many how many times have we had that in our in our life where the second we just meet someone, you don't know why, but you're just like, you yeah, you don't you don't sit right with me. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I just, I think I can't wait to get through the rest of it. Uh, I just think it's a, it's a great series and I really like the stuff Zest World is doing that I've seen so far. 
I can't wait to check out more stuff on the platform. Um, uh, yeah, I just cannot encourage folks enough to go and check it out. I mean, I think there's uh, there's there's great superhero books out, but not many of them, and and not in in general. I don't think many books that are really doing comedy very well. I know there's a couple of publishers that are starting to try and like focus on that, but I really think there's like a big space in the market for books that are funny. And that's what people, I really like about people villain seeking laugh, hero. Jimmy. They people do. Need, it's it's they, it's I high agree. time. I go it outside. Is. I go outside. Too many people are frowning. I'm yeah. sick of it. You know, I'll I'll carry this weight single handedly. I will fix it. I will I'll continue right. I'll make I'll I'll make people laugh. Don't worry. I could do it. That's what we need. More laughter and uh laughing more in 2024? No, it's 2023. I got to think of a 2023 run. <laughs> tears. Tears for 2024, but it's all laughter for this year. All right. Um, well, good. I, I, I really love it. So, but, but turning now to where I first learned of your work with Midnight Western Theater. And so Midnight Western Theater, five issues now out with Scout Comics. And now... Uh, by the time this episode airs, I think it's um, it will be not that long before a new series um, from Scout Comics and you, and I think a new creative team with a, a prequel series to Midnight Western Theater. So, for anyone not familiar, Midnight Western Theater, it's a it's um, it tells the t- tale of Hortensia Thomas, if I'm saying that right, and Alexander Wortham, who. Uh, her vampire companion, and they are kind of, I guess, uh, hunting, righting wrongs throughout the old west. Um, but yeah, why don't why don't you start and tell me, like, kind of, like, how did that idea come about? How did that series first come about for you and the creative team? Because it's David Hahn, and it's what Ryan Cody and 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 uh, Buddy is uh, is lettering it. How did that all kind of develop? Oh well, that was uh, that was the perfect storm. Uh, so 2019, I am working on Villain Seeking Hero, and I'm getting a bit burnt out. Uh, I, I'm kind of toying around with getting a, a second project in the works, a back burner project. Um, and I, I remember I was sat at Starbucks. I was living in New York at the time. Sat in Starbucks. I was daydreaming, and uh, I was listening to a lot of The Cure. <laughs> I was listening to a lot of The Cure, and I was watching the newest season of Westworld. And uh, I remember it just just kind of hit me when I'm like, oh, goth cowboys, never never seen that before. And then uh, and then I was like, wait a minute. And uh, th- this bit's true. Like I ran all the way home after that, and I drew Hortensia and Alexander uh, myself. Where I'm like, I I have these characters. These are the characters I want to be the the main characters. And I I reached out to David. Because him and I had worked on one issue of Villain Seeking Hero where the main character of that issue was uh, an interdimensional goth woman. And uh, he only did it because he's like, oh, goth girl, I'll draw her. Yeah, that sounds good with me. So I was like, well, this guy, I was like, hey, man, goth cowboy. And then he's like, okay, yeah, you got me. You got me this time. Uh, And uh, yeah, no, he he joined on that. And Finding Ryan... um, I think I just found I, I found him online, and uh, it was it was like that kind of thing where I, I was so hell bent on villain seeking hero that I didn't really realize what I was making 
you know, in the on like like in the in the background. And right. uh ironically, that turned out to be like my my currently my biggest thing. Um and yeah, we I I pitched it to Scout and Scout almost immediately uh said yes. And uh, the rest is history. Now we're now we're that came out in 2021, and now we're in 2023, and we're we're finally back, as you said, with a new creative team. Uh, we've got Butch Mappa now as the artist, and he is he is the perfect fit. I'll, I he is not only complimenting David's art, but I th- he's definitely doing his own thing. So it's not at all going to be jarring to any old fans. We've got Sean Peacock, who's a brand brand new up and coming colorist and artist, uh, doing uh, coloring duty, and we got uh, old reliable buddy doing lettering. And I have we have some very very beautiful uh, Art Nouveau covers by Julianne Griep, and uh, some good variants by horror artist um, Michael Ramstead. So if I couldn't oh, get cool. the ori- if I couldn't get the original team i'm so happy with everyone who uh we found for this one because they are they are the perfect um complimentary team i i couldn't be happier with it like you know i i am i i am of course the writer and the creator but as a comic fan um sometimes it's it's that kind of thing of like oh this is this just feels like a comic i would i would read myself and uh I, I, it's more like when I'm holding or when I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, wow, this is a real comic book. Like this isn't just, <laughs> this isn't just something I, I just kind of dreamt up. It's like, oh, this feels like something someone else made and uh, it's, it's, it's good. So that, that makes me feel very proud of everyone involved and, and even a little proud of myself. I'll pat myself on the back just for two seconds. Oh, well, good. You should. Um, I, uh, having, Red issues one and two that you sent along. I I love the Art Nouveau covers. They are so cool. Um, issue one is um, is Hortensia, and then um, I think issue two well, well, is they have it? the names. Yeah, they're labeled. Uh, each cover features a character from the book. So the first one is yeah. I think it says on the bottom the born again girl, right? And, and issue sec- two is the man in white. Yeah, let's not you uh, you you're currently you're currently uh, in your halcyon days right now because you you've seen you've seen the the Pulp Fiction case you've seen inside you know what's there. Yeah, so I'm, don't, I, I'm not going to spoil anything. Don't, don't I, I just want to say it. that I love 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 the, the those covers. I love the artwork, and I mean I I love revisiting. Um, like this world and kind of uncovering uh, new things. I'll I'll say um, in reading it, there are some nods to the the first series, and um, but there's some new characters that are. Uh, it, it just it, very interesting, very intriguing. Um, I just thought it was just kind of um, you know a, a perfect type of type of story to tell because definitely with the character of uh um the born again girl there's so much like history there to mine and i just love the story that's uh that's being told 
Um, you know, and, and because it also seems like it's different, you know, in terms of the when you did the first Midnight Western Theater, it's uh, kind of like little snapshots, little like adventures, uh, and then little like deviations with like issue three, which was kind of about a, a Native American story that kind of led into our main characters um, with the first series. So there's just like, there, there's so much going on with this series is kind of what I, I love about it. Well, I think, I think with this one, um, I, well, okay. Uh, Scout came to me and they were like, we want to do, we want to do more. And I think with, I think if I, went with the lazier idea, it would have been like, okay, well, you do another five to six issues of maybe more snapshots. Cause I had like a whole list of, uh, of possible adventures, but you don't want to end up doing the same thing over and over again. And I, me as a, as a creator and a writer, I don't really like this doing, I don't like repeating myself. So for this one, if you if you read the original, um, each issue, while as you said, they're they're like standalone stories. Each issue opens with three to four pages of of like a of a backstory, a flashback story. And if you read all five issues, you get the whole flashback story. And the way it ends, it's 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 very open ended. And this, and I, I figured that was enough. That if I were ever to return to it, it's like, okay, I want to focus on what happened after that. I don't want to go back to Hortensia and Alexander uh, being rooting, tooting, cowboy shooting. I want to, I want to kind of figure out like, because, because it, it, this isn't a spoiler. Like you never see, you see Hortensia as a young girl in, in, in volume one. And you see her as the woman in black, even before she meets Alexander, she's already the woman in black. So I kind of, so the big question is, how does she get to that point? How does she go from this little girl to this, this sort of like cowboy adventurer, like who also specifically deals with the supernatural? Like, how do you get those skills? Like, how did, you know, like, how do you, how, how did she do it? And, right. Uh, I, I think, I think that that's what this whole book, um, I, like seeks to answer it's basically it's basically it's a coming of age story how does this girl become the woman in black yeah and i mean i i just think she's such a cool character and to kind of kind of peel away some of those layers to figure out how she did get that way um i, I don't know i just think there's there's so many possibilities and already in the first two issues to kind of see what we know so far there's just there's so much kind of crammed in there and um but it's beautiful to look at and i just i just think it's very clever how the story is unraveling and uh i really love both issues i can't oh, wait for you. folks to start reading it i i am i think if you are a fan of the original this book as any good prequel should do um it will help you look at the original in a completely different light once you finish this one, you'll go back and then you'll be like, oh, now I kind of I kind of see it. I get it. Or or like, oh, this is puts everything in a different context. Right. Um, and and part of the fun is is, you know, prequel is a bit of a, a bit of a 
no-no word because I imagine people will be like, well, why would I want to read that? Because I, I, I know she's not going to die at the end. I know she's not in any real danger. Right. But luckily with this, with this book, um, there's a whole new cast of characters that are yeah. even connected to the original book. Like, and the beauty of that is like learning what, who they are, how they fit into her life and sort of answering why are they not present in the first book? Um, right. And I, I think that's, that's part of the fun. I, there's, there's one character in particular that I, I love to bits. Um, I won't spoil it. Well, no, she's in, she's in the first one. I could spoil it. It's Sarah Bishop. Uh, she's the the Wild West witch, the lady who finds her in the woods. Uh, she is she's fun. I I loved her because uh, it's it's just uh, the second one is is a lot is a big uh, mother daughter dynamic going on. Yeah, and uh, what a joy, what a thrill to write. It I, uh, it seemed like it was fun. Uh, there's without you know there's there, there's a I think it's an issue too where she might have had a little too much to drink and i mean i i was i was practically cackling um <laughs> reading uh going through those panels i i love her it's just it's just the uh what's what's the worst like the person who should not be a parent is trying their best to be a parent like i think i think that's 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 such a neat thing to go go about and it's nothing i've tackled before mm-hmm. um and it's and you know you said that Hortensia is a neat character. Like with this one, I don't even, I don't. There's there's a fun bit where I don't even really think of her as the same character from the first one. Like in this one, she's more naive. She's more, I guess, brash or impulsive. She and she's even more unsure of herself. And uh, it doesn't it, because in the in the first one, she's very, very cold and very like I know what's best. Right. And, um, to see her, to see her different, it's kind of, kind of creates the question like, well, what the, what the hell happened to you? Um, and I think that's, that's kind of fun, but I'll tell you this, this is, this is, this will be a neat thing to anyone who likes script writing. Like it, when I was writing her for the whole book, when it gets them, I only refer to it as Hortensia, but then when it got to her, her her big change it like the all all dialogue switches over to the woman in black like she's finally she's changed she's metamorphosized right and I, and I think that then that it's like okay like we've sw- we've made the switch and I think I think that's always that's always good fun on a technical level yeah I mean to you know to kind of like think about it in those terms in terms of how you're even writing the character. Because it also then, you know, it's a visual medium. It's also that script is then being interpreted by your artist and colorist. So that th- all that change is kind of like it it carries down to the rest of the creative team, right? Oh, of course. Well, uh, like you said, the the visuals are killer, and I I'm so thankful I met Butch. He was a godsend and a, a, a hell of a collaborator on this because his his action. His visual, like, like you know, this is a supernatural book. When this gets weird, he goes for it. And some of the designs he came up with, it's just, it's just uh, a masterclass. And I am very thankful for Sean Peacock, the colorist, for everything he did because he, he, I, I, I. This is this was a guy who did his research. He went back to look into old romance comics uh, 
to kind of get like the color palette for the book, which is, I guess, in a twisted way, fitting for the for the subject <laughs> matter of this of this book. Um, and and buddy, 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 you know, he 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 took the script and he did what he always does, and he 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 made it good, and uh, he made it there, and he made it good. So yeah, I, I, I we, yeah, buddy's work is is uh, remarkable. Uh, I just really, especially, I mean, issue one, like right out of the gate, there's so many, so many different sound effects and so many different things going on. And it's just, uh, it's remarkable. I mean, everyone is. I I, I mean, the, the second page of the first issue, I'm like, I'm like, I felt like I was just reading a, a completely different series in such a good way. And it was familiar, but there were things going on. I don't want to give any of them away, but that second page, I was just like, what is this now? And I, I'm like, I'm in, I'm all in. Let's, no, let's go. There's for this a lot ride. of, there's a lot of those moments in this book. Uh, I'll say this issue four, it's not going to open at all how you would think. It is such a left hand turn, left hand setting, left hand, like, uh, plot but it, it makes it all makes sense like nothing is done without a purpose but i it's so much of the art so eye-catching it's so like it, it'll 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 pique your curiosity the second anyone opens it up and that's all you could hope for with a with a comic yeah you know every 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 comic is somebody's first comic as they say so you know, you gotta you gotta start out strong. You gotta grab them right there, and I, I'm pretty I'm pretty satisfied with with how we pulled everything off. I'm very happy with this book, and I hope everyone else will be too. Yeah, I I really think so. I'm someone, and you kind of mentioned this before, but um, I, I'm someone that uh, is not a huge fan of prequels. I feel like, well, I got a lot of the story. Oh, you're you're telling me something I might already know. Um, and I feel like a lot of the times that can happen with with prequels. Not every time, but you get so much of the story and they want to take a little piece of it and you know enough of it or maybe there aren't any stakes. Um, I mean, but I think what you did so well and the, the team did so well on the all five issues of Midnight Western Theater 1, even with the flashback scenes, is you kind of inform the character like just enough to give you these moments of Hortensia kind of growing up and kind of how she met Alexander. And and, and it's just like a, enough. Whereas I don't feel like this, this new series in terms of a prequel is superfluous. It feels totally necessary. There's moments of it that feel like a completely new comic. And you've left so much of her story from the first one that I, I, I don't feel like I'm like, there, there's no stakes at all. I am totally invested after those first two issues. Well, after in, in volume one, what you see is what you get. Like she, she doesn't talk. She doesn't talk to anyone about her tragic backstory. She doesn't. <laughs> right. she, she, she's just like, I'm here to do my thing. I'm, I'm, I'm just here to do it. And like Alexander's the one in the first one who's like, Oh, you've met me. And now I must reveal the most terrible, all 10 terrible things that happened to me. <laughs> From series, from from worse to even worser, like it's uh, like, and she's like, and she's like, oh yeah, I can relate. That's like, that's the most you're gonna right. get out of her. That's the most you'll get. So like, 
you know, that's the perfect character to do a prequel about because I don't. Nobody can walk away from volume one saying, oh, I, I get what this character's all about. I know what she's up to. It's like, oh, you, don't right. know, you don't know nothing. So I right. didn't know. I didn't know nothing after I <laughs> after I wrote it. So, I, you know, actually being like, OK, wait a minute. There's some here. Um, uh, that's that's all. You know, like that's that's good stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, here, Here's a weird question that I want to ask. And I, I don't know if I've ever asked. I don't know if I've ever asked a writer this. Uh, maybe this will be a maybe this will be a new segment. Okay. It's something I think about when 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 reading comics, and I'm very curious about Alexander. Um, if you've thought about this as the writer, what does he sound like? Because I have a particular voice in my head when I read it, and I'm just curious. Well, you're the writer. What what in your head? Like, what is Alexander? What is his voice? Uh, okay. Um, I I oh um. <laughs> I would, <laughs> I would say um, Niles Crane or David Hyde Pierce from Frasier. Uh, maybe people would know him better as um, Abe Sapien from the Hellboy films. Yeah. I imagine that very like, oh, hello. Like, very, like just enunciates everything to the point that it's annoying. Like, and uh, just very prim proper. Uh, but, and just, just, just a little whine, just the right amount of whining. Okay. Um, why? Why? How about you? How do you read it? No, I, I, I think that's like right there. Although I think when I like read it at when I read it like eat, not not out loud. I don't. But when I read it in my head, I make him like a little bit British. Um, yeah, yeah. So. I think that too. I th- <laughs> he has to be. He has to be a little. He's a little snooty. Yeah. No. He from everything. His whole backstory. Uh, this is a snooty man. So of course he's got to be a little, a little British. <laughs> Yeah, so um, we'll, we'll I was just a, curious. We use tr- uh, what is it? The transatlantic axe? No, 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 that's not it at all. No, he, let's let's just say he's Brit- he's vaguely he's British adjacent. That's there we what go. Say. That's yeah, I like that. That makes sense. British adjacent. All right. Um, so uh, I have had you, you know, here long enough, but I just if we could, I'm just curious. Um, kind of, how did you get? Your start writing. I mean, it, was writing always something that you wanted to do? Did you just decide one day I have a story to tell? You know, and kind of why comics? Why not something else? Okay. Well, that's a loaded question. <laughs> okay. I mean, let, you know, let me think about my it. podcast. No, I, <laughs> so I, I want to know. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Uh, okay. So I, I, got, I started reading comics when I was 12 or 13 i forget uh but like i started and i never stopped um something had happened in my life where oh well okay i could be honest about it uh we'll give the people the it's the juicy topics um when i was 12 i had a i had a sibling who had passed away and uh around the same time spider-man had just passed away in Dan Slott's run where Dr. Octopus took over. Okay. And I remember just thinking like, oh, like that's like just being like, oh, Spider-Man's dead too. How interesting. And then just kind of like, like being oddly pulled to that. And then Mm -hmm. just, just like kind of reading that as a form of escapism. And uh, luckily Superior Spider-Man is a very good comic. And then it kind of, kind of led me like oh this is actually a really good story because i i'd always loved reading um 
But that was the thing that kind of, that, that pulled me down the rabbit hole, especially like, you know, like to this day, I, 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 I read a little bit of everything and, uh, it's, it's, I don't know, that got me into it. So that, that's where it all started. Um, in terms of writing, um, I'd always, I'd always loved writing since I was a little kid. I, I, I'd been writing like stories on like pieces of line paper since I was, or notepads since I was like six or seven or whatever. And, um, I, I always, I was always told that you could get a job writing, but no one in my family ever believed, believed in such a thing. Oh, okay. and, but I was very much like, Oh, well, you know, if I ever got lucky, I would like to do this thing. And, um, I, I, I like with villain seeking hero with a lot of my writings for like assignments and stuff, I would do the assignment, but I'd also put in like jokes or, or just like humorous takes on, mm-hmm. on stuff. To the point where, um, well, the, it all, I, 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 believe it or not, I was going to go to law school um, until, like, that was my dead set dream until. Yeah, I've made I, that mistake. <laughs> I didn't, no, no, I made, the, I made the worst mistake. At least, at least the other, if I went to law school, at least I would have been like, you know, I would have had some money, but. <laughs> but the, but this one, I I just have uh, I just have uh, my pa- my dreams coming true. I'll say that. Um, yeah. So so um, yeah. No, I it's all one guy's fault. When uh, when I was in school, I had a teacher who pulled me aside one day and said, "I think you're a good writer. I'm going to help you to be a great writer." And that was that was the kind of like push i needed where i guess i just needed somebody to believe in me yeah so, wow what a teacher all yeah, right yeah and uh after that it was you know he helped me a lot with with just learning a lot about story structure and whatever and uh mm-hmm. and and after that after after school it ended i briefly attended university but then it very much became apparent that that was not what i wanted so i I luckily I, I I dropped out in enough time I could get my uh, my tuition money back, and uh, I used the money from that to start making Villain Seeking Hero because the Villain Seeking Hero started as like you know just like me me doodling in the margins of stuff and uh, right and then and then it kind of I grew it into a whole thing uh, and then uh, and then yeah I just kind of I dedicated myself to just like okay I. I've uh that's a good yeah that's a good motivation to anyone who wants to be a comic book writer um uh ruin your life ruin your life and dedicate yourself to just one thing and push yourself push yourself to accomplish this one thing so you don't look like an idiot to all of your friends and family uh because that let me tell you that was one hell of a motivator uh cuz cuz that pushed me to um to do a lot of to do a lot of good stuff, and uh, thankfully now uh, I managed to bash in my my way into the industry with a sledgehammer, and uh, I I don't plan on uh, on on leaving anytime soon. So uh, it, it's been a rough road, but I'm I'm happy I got here in the end. Yeah, I, I mean I'm glad you had that sledgehammer because um, <laughs> I love I love reading your work. And I mean, you know, you hear 
I've heard the question, you know, a bunch people online ask, like, how do I get into comics? How do I break into comics? And somebody will inevitably say, well, you just write comics. But, you know, sometimes that's easier, you know, said than done, of course. But I, I think with most industries, especially creative industries, whether or not it's writing, writing comics, whether or not it's theater, acting, whatever it might be, I mean, you know, uh, persistence is the key. I think so many people kind of give up, take a different path, and you just have to keep at it. I mean, there's a lot of folks that might have said, oh, well, you know, things didn't work out with this first series, but let me um, tell you, let me tell you, you you've really, you've, you know, you've done it. You got Villain Seeking Hero, Midnight Western un- Theater. You've unlocked two pet peeves of mine in terms of uh, 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 cre- like creative people. Okay. Um, Let's hear it. Yeah, there, it's just that I, I have met enough people in, in, in my life where you can see consistent consistent obstacles imposed by oneself. I'll, I'll say it like that. Like, okay. I, I have met so many people who are incredibly creative, incredibly imaginative, but they are like, like someone can be as talented as can be but they're scared of putting themselves out there or they're scared to try or mm-hmm. they're scared of failing. And the way I think about, th- about that is that if you don't take the risk, there's someone out there who will and they'll take that spot that was maybe meant for you. So if you don't, if you don't do it, somebody else who's like just, the, just 1% more brave it will just yeah. swoop in and steal it from you. So it's like at that point, I, I would always say to people, just, just, just put, just try, because at the end of the day, like, at least you'll know the answer. I, 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 I always kind of go with that in terms of my own life, because I hate to, you know, be sitting on my deathbed thinking like, oh, I should have, I should have done that, or I should have taken the risk or whatever. And then the other one um, is, you know, there is, there is a danger to imagination, because uh, there, I've met so many. I've met enough people on the other end who have the passion, have the the persistence, and have the 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 drive to do it. But it's like, okay, I've developed this world where everyone lives on flying pirate ships, and and they they go to cloud cities, and the pirate ships are fueled by emeralds, and you have to mine the emeralds from crabs like that that come out of the magma ocean. And uh, the the crabs, uh, they can grow ten feet in size because they they feel they use the power of love and friendship to do this. And it's like, okay, that's good. But like, who's the main character? And it's like, oh, well, I haven't <laughs> I haven't figured that one out yet. Right. Yeah. I'll get I'll get back to you on that. Where you know, I think I think uh, if you go with the Tol- Tolkien, uh, the to- be uh, Tolkienisms of just. Fleshing out your world to a fault that'll uh, that'll get you, that'll stop you dead in your tracks too. Right. I, think, I mean, I'll oh, go yeah, for no, it. Go, sorry. Go ahead. No, I think a good word to the wise. If uh, come up with the come up with the main character and know what they want. That's uh, that's your first step for yeah. for anything. I mean, you can create a, I agree, you can create a beautiful world and that stuff is fun. And there have been some amazing creators, writers and artists and comic books in particular that have just created some like wonderfully imaginative world. Um, But at least for me, but I care about character, right? 
And mm-hmm. you have to have that. You 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 can you can load in all the fantastical stuff and it's like really neat. But if you don't give me somebody I can root for or or hate or something, uh, I need I need that like I need that hook. You know, I need that I need that character to kind of get involved in. Otherwise, it's just like the trappings of the world and I don't I don't know how invested I'll be. Yeah. No, I, I think, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think I, what, what good story, every good story, you, 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 it's just about somebody who wants something, right? Yeah. Like Luke Skywalker, what does he want? He just wants to get, get away from home. <laughs> he just wants, <laughs> he's just like, I hate it here. And then everyone he know he loves is dead. And he's like, okay, well, I don't need to be here anymore. Like the fact that Princess Leia is just, uh, it's just, a. Uh, well, what's the word? Um, an excuse to get off. Where it's like, well, I can't stay here. I, I, I have to go save the princess. It's like, well, you were already planning to leave. Like, you just want to just go out and and do anything but what you're doing right now. Like, that's relatable, right? Like that yeah. one, I can. That one. What, what is Han Solo doing? Because he wants money. <laughs> he wants yeah. money. Like that's it. Like it, everything else they do, it's just extra. Mm-hmm. It helps. But it, it's just extra. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I, I agree. Um, uh, great, uh, you know, st- story writing tips for anybody who is considering <laughs> uh, not going to law school and <laughs> writing comics <laughs> instead. We're like, we're like, we're like Gwyneth Paltrow's sliding doors, Lewis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man no no anyone no 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 no. anyone who wants to go to law school keep going to law school don't 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 drop out let me i will carry i'll i will be atlas i'll carry the weight of the world on my shoulders everyone else oh, there you- everyone else go buy your <laughs> go make millions of dollars i'll i'll be here well, I don't, I don't, I don't know if all everyone that goes to law school makes, uh, makes millions. That would be nice. Um, I'm, I'm not allowed. I, I don't think to talk to any of the like, uh, legal interns anymore. Cause I'm always like, don't go to law school, <laughs> drop out, do something else with your life. <laughs> well, don't do that. Now we're, now we're, now, now we're enemies now because you don't want to have the competition and I don't want to have the competition. And now there's a bunch of confused comic book loving law students that just don't know what to do. No, they don't. Now I I don't care about the competition. I I mean I I I I really um I mean being a lawyer is just like I, I feel like you really have to it's like I guess it's like writing comic books as well. You have to love it because it's a stressful job no matter what legal field you're in. And it's just, you know, it's just a lot. Some people are built for that, some Maybe less so, but it's just a it's a very stressful career, which is you know, which is why I turned to writing about comics and interviewing folks about comics as something, uh, writing my own short comics as a way to you know deal with that stress. I, I'm I'm glad I I I, uh, I if I went to law school, I probably would have ended up like some Saul Goodman type of lawyer, just uh, just wearing flashy suits and having those fun billboards on the side of the highway. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm very content. I'm very, I'm very, I, I'm happy with the amount of stress I have. I have now, at least now the only thing that really keep other than my, my personal <laughs> problems. Uh, I, the only thing that keeps me up at night is just like 
oh man, I wonder, I wonder how Master Molecule would feel about if I killed this person in his life. I bet he'd feel, <laughs> I bet he'd feel sad. <laughs> I bet he'd feel bad about that. Oh man. Anyway, okay. Good, good night, Lewis. I say to my reflection. Yeah, no. Uh, you say to your reflection, like you have, you oh, have, yeah, I you have a mirror to, near your bed. <laughs> I have a sleep next to a mirror every night. It's the only way I could feel safe knowing that there's somebody looking out for me as I'm going to sleep. Now, Lewis, that's a good bit. <laughs> that's a good joke. <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I did stand up only once in my life. Did uh, you really? I did. I did. I, 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 I it was my birthday. <laughs> Okay. And I went, I went to go, there was an open mic night. I went, I did my bit, not a single person laughed. And then I was like, well, comedy career is dead. And, uh, I, 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 the, it was so bad that the bartender gave me a free drink as like a consolation prize. <laughs> so I'll stick to, uh, I'll stick to just, uh, writing at least with the jokes in the comics. I could think, <laughs> I could think those out a bit longer. Did you, so for the open mic night, did you have like material planned? Did you have like oh, yeah. a couple of jokes? Did you have like five minutes? Like what type I, of set? I had five minutes. I had five oh, minutes. Oh man. <laughs> I, I, I had five minutes. I, I think I only used three. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I figured I would, I figured I would just go, I, okay, I could just do it right now. Okay. So I just told the story where, um, I, it was, it's based, this is a true story. I went to my, one day I was uh, suspended from school and my dad was like, oh, this is wonderful that you were suspended because now we as a family, uh, my mother, father, and I will go to Best Buy and we'll, we'll upgrade our phones. We'll get the, we'll upgrade them to the newest model because it says so in the plan. Um, so we go to Best Buy and uh, we, we're talking to this guy. I think his name's like Sean. And uh, he's doing the transfer where they upload all your contacts and photos. And my mom goes first, then I go. And then the last one's my dad. And uh, he's like, okay, sir, I'm going to need you to turn on your phone. And, uh, and I'll, I'll plug it in. So my dad turns on the phone and uh, immediately pornography starts playing. And <laughs> it's, it's blasting. It is blasting. And he drops the phone on the floor and he's struggling to pick it up. And as this is as the loudest moans you could imagine, you know, pure ecstasy going around and uh, he's red in the face. And then he grabs it and then he tries to turn it off, but he can't. <laughs> he, can, he can't even pause it. <laughs> and after that, after he, he realizes that he can pause it, he he just looks at it confused like oh man how did this get here like this is this is preposterous this is insane so then my mother um grabbed the phone he he stopped the pornography from playing and then she handed it to the poor best buy man and then he started the transfer and it's just dead silent until my father decided to break the awkwardness by asking the man oh you watch porn right and then the man, the man goes, uh, well, sir, you can do a lot on these phones. And then, uh, and then that was that. Um, so that did not, that did not kill. Like <laughs> that did not kill at the comedy club. Uh, oh no. And, I, I, I think that's, I think that's a pretty good story. I think uh, you need well, a better, I think you need a, 
as a as I think you just need a little bit of a better hook. I think you need just a little better hook on the end as like a like a a a little better like end joke, and I think it would have killed like something like so. Anyway, that was the first time I saw my parents have sex. You know, like something. Yeah, no, I think I, uh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's something. I don't know. I well, imagine that. Like, yeah, but I had like half the confidence I have now. So I imagine I was shaking and sweating buckets. Oh, I, I was bet. up there. So yeah, no, it was uh, that was rough. But I never went back to that. <laughs> I never went back to that club ever again. Um, man, no, that was yeah. No, I, I'll stick. I'll stick to writing. I'll stick to writing. Stick to villains, uh, villain seeking hero and um, midnight Western theater and, and whatever is next, uh, Lewis. Um, well, can I, can I hint at something before we sign off? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Please. Well, this, this coming month, May 2023, uh, or, oh no, I, well, when is this coming out? This will be out. So folks listening to this, um, this episode will be out uh, Tuesday, May 30th, I believe. Folks oh. will be listening to this. Okay, so hopefully by this month, it's been announced uh, by Sumerian Comics. I am writing a three-issue mini noir miniseries with artist Dean Kotz called The Blackout Bombshell. Uh, it, is, it, is a, it is a little noir ditty uh, set in the 60s about uh, an alcoholic detective who wakes up from a blackout and discovers that during the blackout, he was hired to solve a case. So doesn't know who hired him, doesn't know what he's supposed to do, but all he knows is that he's in a world of trouble. So that's the, that's the book. So hopefully, hopefully by it'll be, it'll be, it'll be announced by that. So awesome. Uh, well, I, I will make I, sure to put links to your Twitter and Zest world and everything else that I can find in the show notes. So folks will be able to, uh, will be able to check out that. Tell me the name of that, the title again, uh, the blackout bombshell, the blackout bombshell. Oh, that sounds great. I love noir. I love noir stuff. That me sounds too. really yeah. good. I'll, I'll say this a uh, little stinger. It's unlike anything I've ever written before. It's completely different. So it'll be a, it'll be a breath of fresh air. That's awesome. Oh, man, I can't wait to check that out. Um, well, Lewis, I cannot thank you enough. This has been this has been fantastic. I've had a wonderful time. I hope you've enjoyed yourself coming on the podcast. I hated uh, every minute, Jimmy. You've made an enemy for life. What are you, my wife? <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. You you. Oh, no. And you're funnier than me, too. Damn it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. You're the. But you beat me. You beat me. You went to <laughs> law school. You you could crack jokes. I God, I you and you write comics. I I try. I actually I I had I was doing very poorly in a an oral argument the other the other day on Tuesday, but I made the judge laugh. So I'm gonna count that as a win, even if I lose. <laughs> <laughs> it's all that matters. Yeah. Um well, folks uh, who are listening, um, you, uh, th when you, if you're listening when this episode first came out, um, it'll be out on Tuesday, May 30th. Uh, that might be today. Maybe you didn't get a chance to listen to the 31st. I don't know. But um, uh, you can check out Lewis's work. Uh, there'll be links in the show notes. In particular, you can go to Zest World. You can read Villain Seeking Hero. 
Um, it's just a wonderfully funny series, especially if you like uh, superhero comics with a lot of humor. It's going to be great. The new Midwestern, uh, Midnight Western Theater, Witch Trial, the final order cutoff is June 5th. I think issue one is going to be out July 12th. So you want to make sure to put that on your pull list because the first two issues are great. I cannot wait to read the rest of the series. And especially if you're somebody that likes to collect comics, to collect covers, those Art Nouveau covers are just really great looking. And um, I, I just think beautiful, beautiful work. So uh, check all that stuff out. And um, yeah, Lewis, Lewis, uh, this has been phenomenal. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Jimmy. All right. And for Comic Book Yeti, I'm Jimmy Gasparro. And if you like us, rate and review and say nice things because I'm very sensitive. Um, I really appreciate you listening. And I will see you next time. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptid Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.